I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome the Untitled Film Podcast with Callum and Johnny. I'm Johnny. And I'm Callum. You didn't interrupt me this week, that's unusual. No, I thought I'd let you have your have your turn. I thought you deserved it. Wow, that's, that's I've, surprising. I've done it too often, I think. Maybe it's time to let you let you actually get through it. Yeah, I know. It's, I feel like listeners are very annoyed by you on a weekly basis for doing that. So. But that's why, it's probably why we haven't skyrocketed up to thousands of subscribers. Yeah. I, I would I would subscribe if it wasn't just for that fucking guy who's always interrupting all the time and saying I'd buy that for a potato or whatever. I know, he is the annoying one. That's why I often talk about replacing you, but there we go. It's all talk. It'll never happen, folks. You know, he'll he'll talk about this for years and it's never gonna happen. <laughs> I am irreplaceable. Just um, for everyone out there, my new podcast starting next week called Untitled Film Podcast with Dog Brain and Johnny. Uh, He'll we'll... <laughs> never join you. Oh, well, I thought this film, it was, um, well, I like Evil Dead. And, I thought um, he's Northern. Uh, yes, sorry. I was mix, mixing up uh, the Dog Brain with the, character, with the uh, actor playing. It's not an actor. Dog. What are you doing? What's happening? Why he's that's not an actor. That's a real, that's a real dog. It's a real dog. A headed yeah. person. It's a real dog. Have you noticed how his lips only flap up and down like an anime character? Like they don't actually have any sort of meatiness to them. Well, that's just how dogs speak. Mm, sure, 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 sure. Anyway, uh, if you want to debate such things, and often with stuff the aforementioned dog bone video, um, where do we like post things that you can interact with? Well, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. It's Untitled Film Podcast. We often ask uh, fun things. We actually do have an answer from Dog Brain Videos. I thought we week. did. 
what was, um, and what was the question? The question was, so uh, we're reviewing a couple of products movies this week, which are all the rage at the moment for mid-budget filmmaking. And I put out the question, what products would you want to see made the history of the making of? What would you like to see a uh, movie of? And Doc Brain Video said he'd like to see a Nintendo, which would actually be pretty cool. I'd like to see the making of Nintendo. I think there's a lot of interesting stuff there. It's in Nintendo as well. Like, isn't it like a super old company? Like, I think oh, it's yeah, like 120 yeah. years old, but and only pivoted to do video games like when the NES came out or whatever. Well, oh, quite. No, oh, yeah, I think NES And the, uh, the character of Mario was based on just their pl- it was just their plumber. Mm. It was a guy called Mario. And they said, oh, that'll be a fun idea. But what would you like to see made into a movie? Uh, about Furby. Furby would be good. Actually, um, on the video game side of things, there was a very violent video game in the early, oh, sorry, mid-90s. Um, uh, where Manhunt. they used Yeah, man, well, not, no, no, not Manhunt. That was the, um, more like early 2000s. But there was a, a more of a jokey one. Um, Death Race. Um, oh, yeah. It was a, a knockoff sort of thing. And it was made in the Isle of Wight, and it became this huge controversy, storm in the teacup sort of thing. So I thought in the sort of uh, Blackberry mold of things, that would be quite fun. There's there's quite a few interesting stories from the early days of kind of computing and things, because it was a bit like Steve Jobs and things like to say they were all like pirates, because they were all kind of going out and stealing from each other and kind of soldering stuff together in garages and and somehow finding stuff that, that made it work. I still think there's a... Uh, personally, I didn't. I don't. Well, we reviewed it. I think on this podcast, um, the Steve Jobs movie, the job is it just called Jobs. Uh, yes. Did we review it? So we it was did. Two. No, we didn't do Steve Jobs. We've done um, the Social Network, but we haven't done anything because there are two, aren't there? There's the one with Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, Spit. I don't mean that. I mean the one with um, the one with Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender. Did we not review that? No, no, we didn't. Maybe we talked about reviewing it. Um, or maybe we talked about that when we were talking about, oh, I don't know. I thought we did. Anyway, <laughs> in my head, I've got review. I've reviewed. <laughs> you've got so much to say oh, wow. that you've probably reviewed it in your head a dozen times. We might have talked about it. When we watched the social network, maybe. Anyway. You probably did refer to it in the way that one does when they're talking about other movies in order to talk about the main movie. Anyway, it's a... Uh, I don't think it really works. I don't think it really tells Apple's story very well. It tries to very ham-fistedly tell um, Steve Jobs' life story, but it's incredibly ham-fisted. Actually, I think there's some quite... I think the, Actually, the best one I've ever seen about the kind of like birth of Apple, and it was kind of meant to be the birth of Apple and Microsoft, and they're interwoven, is like a made-for-TV movie from about 1997 with one of the kids that have VR in it called um, The Pirates of Silicon Valley, and I actually really rate it. I've never seen that, but I think you have mentioned it a few times. Um, but yeah, no, that there is more room to be made of more movies about that because they seem to bodge it a bit. I think as well, I'm a car guy, so there's certain cars like like the Mini. I feel like the, like the making of the Mini, there would be quite a good, interesting movie. Or yeah, that'd um, be fun, the... especially because you could tie it into the Italian job stuff. Yeah, and I quite enjoyed like the Le Mans movie that came out a few. What was it called? It's, I think in America, I think it's called Ford versus Ferrari. Ford versus Ferrari. Here it was called, um, I think it was just Le Mans 66. Six, yeah, that rings a bell. Yeah. Um, and I quite like it was pretty cookie cutter and cheesy, but I quite like that. So there's quite a few stories like that. The start, enjoy. the, the uh, car racing stuff is really good in that. It's really well put together. Mm. Meat and potato stuff, but 
not bad meat and potatoes. Absolutely. Be intriguing to see what this new Formula One movie that's coming out, um, starring Brad Pitt as the, the single oldest Formula One driver <laughs> in the history of Formula One. Well, when the strikes are over, we'll finally get to see it. Yeah, if they're ever over. Yes. Anyway. Yes. Speaking of strikes, that's the kind of thing we normally talk about in... The news! Um, and I think it's the perfect time to talk about the news. So, Callum, what's your first piece of news? Well, it looks like um, John Woo is going to come back to making an American film. He hasn't made one mm. since 2003, which was a very lackluster film. That was, I think, Paycheck with Ben Affleck. But this film is called Silent Night. It's a Christmas set um, revenge movie, much in the, the mold of John Wick. And that's deliberate because some of the producers are uh, the John Wick producers. It's going to star Joel Kinnaman, who we do like very I much. I do like Joel Kinnaman, yeah. As a silent assassin. So there's no dialogue in this film and at all. And probably hundreds of slow motion <laughs> yeah, and doves. And, yeah, and shootouts. But the interesting thing is that the silent in Silent Night is it's literal. It's, it's a film without dialogue. Uh, so he and his child caught in the crossfire of a gangster shootout. His son died. He didn't, but it removed his ability to speak. And that happened over Christmas. And now the next Christmas, he's come back for revenge, he has. So it's like a poor man's diehard. Poor man's diehard, poor man's John Wick, uh, with a little bit of, cool, I think we're artists, you know. We're not going to have any and the, dialogue. And the worst Mission Impossible. And the worst Mission Impossible, yes. <laughs> Mission Impossible 2 for everyone who was wondering. But that's, yeah, that's the first bit of news. John Woo, he's back. Do we like that? Do we not? Tell us what you think. Are we excited about that? I'm not. I mean, the only good film he made in America was Face Off. Yeah. Um, and even that's not perfect, let's be honest. I mean, it's so cheesy, but it, that's sort of the appeal. Yeah. So it's, it has ironic appeal, which isn't what you want. <laughs> no. Anyway, fair yes. enough. And your news? So my first piece of news is, there, you may remember a movie came out earlier in the year made by Pixar called Elemental. Yes. Uh, it's now on Disney+. Plus. It is indeed, yes. I noticed it dropped the other day. And interestingly enough, so when Elemental first came out, everyone thought, absolute massive box office bomb. Yes. Uh, everyone thought it lost, was going to lose if not hundreds of millions, tens of millions of dollars. And it's had, like, the biggest legs of a movie I've ever seen. It's just it been a little movie the that could. out of the hat, uh, especially in, like, um, Japan and other countries. South even Korea, even the States, it did about $150 million, which... It's just lingered, 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 lingered. It had drops, like, 10 20%. So I think it had about $150 million budget. So by the old two-and-a-half times kind of maths it probably made about $20 million in the cinema, which I think no one expected. And actually for films in the cinema, because let's be honest, with these dual release strategies and things, if they break even in the cinema for something that Disney does, they're probably quite happy. Um, so actually, that was a, a surprising success because everyone's kind of written off Pixar recently, um, certainly from a making money point of view, if not creatively, although I think creatively, I think people are starting to question them a bit as well. And I just thought it was quite interesting. I just saw that. Yeah, I've been I keeping, both, I've been, both that it's now out on, on streaming, but also that it's it's made I've some money. I've been keeping an eye on that because it has been interesting to see that. 
that's our nerdy box office one with it. There's always one per month, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and Callum, what is your second piece of news? Well, if you wanted to see a movie come to the London stage, would you ever imagine that that movie would be an adaptation of Paranormal Activity? Yeah, of course. Well, good for you. Then you're in luck because sometime this year, they're hoping to make Paranormal Activity a big London stage play. And it's going to be written by Levi Holloway, who is a scribe uh, who's apparently written a big Broadway hit called The Grey House, which is a spooky, spectacular sort of thing. And uh, we're going to be getting Paranormal Activity. It's franchising out the wazoo, that little movie that could, that cost something like 20 grand back in 2009, I think it was. It's just spawns the kind of franchising that you just don't get out of this kind of movie franchise so well done to the producers they're now living in mansions and stuff um are we excited about this i i can't say i am particularly but, it's interesting um, i wondered if it's because there was a i think it was called tw- like 21 22 or something a horror kind of anthology yes. and it's the uh, um thing that's gone on to the west so end. that was a big hit on west end that had um and James was... Buckley from the uh, from the Inbetweeners, and I always forget her name, uh, but Rosa from um, Brooklyn Nine Nine. And it's going wide now as well, so it's going on a national tour. I don't know if they're still right. in it. Um... No, they're not. They they were the original cast. You know, the original TV and movie stars don't stick around for longer than three to six months. Well, you say that Buckley, I can't imagine he does a huge amount else. But anyway. <laughs> Well, he's got his um, his uh, cameo money. Oh, he does. Apparently, he's one of the richest people on cameo from the, in the UK, at least. Yeah. Anyway, no. So I wonder if it's things to do with that, but yeah, it'd be interesting. Obviously, well, horror works well on the it, stage, like uh, the Woman in Black. Exactly. What I was about to say, yeah. And, and I know it's not necessarily quite horror, but some of Agatha Christie stuff kind of bought is yeah. bordering on horror, and that that kind of works. Anything spooky kind of works because you're secluded in a darkened room. So, and you can, can really get the atmosphere going. Yeah. Anyway, excellent. <laughs> and <laughs> your the... second bit? Yeah. So, my favorite working director, who is whom, Callum? Oh, um, David Fincher. Good. You do listen occasionally. Um, he has a new movie called The Killer with Michael Fessbender coming out. He does which indeed. I have seen bits and pieces of, and there's been some featurettes and things for a while. Um, but it has been getting absolutely stunning reviews on the festival circuit. Um, was it Venice I'm... it came out at? Pardon, sorry? Was it Venice it came out at? I think it was, yeah. I think it was later. It was too late for cancer. It must have been Venice, unless it was Berlin. Um anyway it's been getting absolute like raves um it's kind of gone it's almost meant to be a little bit of like a kind of old school like um uh, not like a lean stripped down sort of 60s yeah a a lot of like back projected cool fest bendering cars and things and it it does look really good and it's just always i mean michael fessbender is always incredibly enjoyable to watch let's be honest so yes he's very charismatic yeah, Michael Fassbender is always very charismatic and, and interesting to watch. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for it. Um, and I'm glad to see it has been getting good buzz. Yeah, me too. It, it sounds like something I've been, uh, I've seen the reviews come out. It does seem to be um, tearing out all the festival screeners. It's one of the big hits of this year's festival season, along with some others. Yeah, good. Anyway. 
on to the main part of the podcast. The main event, you could say. Some would say that. The meat and the meat, is that what you've called it before? The meat and potatoes. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. Are you hungry? Uh, no. <laughs> I am not. Anyway. <laughs> um so Callum, what are we going to talk about this week? Well, the two films are Blackberry, which came out this year um and it was in a festival hit of the previous year and we're going to be and that's about the creation of the blackberry phone as the title didn't give that away and we're also going to be matching that with the founder which is about the if not the creation the popularization of mcdonald's and how it spread across the united states and that's uh, with um good old michael keaton excellent i'm um, i'm gonna take the blackberry film this okay week. yeah go it's for it so long, long ago, in a land called Canadia Town, there were a young group of merry men <laughs> who decided. I want to see where this is going. <laughs> who decided, or, or worked out that they could get email onto your phone when no one else thought you could. And one day they met a guy called Bulsecki. And this guy knew nothing about technology, but he knew how to get people to do what he wanted. And they teamed up and created the most amazing, powerful mobile phone company in the history of the world, BlackBerry, until it wasn't anymore. That's... Yeah. And that's the film. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's this, the film. <laughs> this film uh, stars Jay Bruchel and is it, is it how I it, always say Baruchel, but that might be wrong. I heard yeah. it on a I heard a Canadian say it the other day, and I can't remember what they said, and I feel like they said it right. But anyway, um and uh I've forgotten the other guy's name. Well, one second, I do have the IMDB up. You know who I mean though. I do um, know who you mean, and the name is um, Glenn Howerton. That's it. It was just really oh, annoying because I know Glenn Howerton's name, but it just popped out of my head in that second. Anyway, Glenn Howerton of uh, West End in Philadelphia fame. Uh, I've only seen him live, live on stage this year. <laughs> um, just forget his name. Anyway, um, in a bald cap, um, and they're both excellent. But anyway, Callum, what do you think? No, it was excellent. It's a very scrappy affair. It's like it has a lot of the similar sort of, especially in the screenwriting of something like The Social Network, where it's all fast chatter, chatter, chatter. It's all about, you know, uh, technical jargon, which is spun in a way to make it very amusing. Um, as you say, Jay Baruchel and Glenn Howerton, they are, are very excellent. And it's, I should say it's directed and co-starring Jay Baruchel's uh, mate and co-founder and co-leader, co-creator of the blackberry is played by matt johnson and he also direct uh, directed the film and he's a comedian uh, you might know him from nirvana the band the show uh, which is quite popular on youtube and uh yeah it has this scrappy rugged charm to it i've always maintained that um canadian filmmaking has a sort of edge to it it's got a lot of similar qualities that you'd find in north america especially a lot of the talent Go, that uh, starts in Canada, um, Canadian talent like Jay Baruchel goes over to Hollywood. So it has a certain amount of prestige. But whenever they go back to make a film in Canada, especially an indie film, there is a sort of um, edginess to it that you probably wouldn't get even in the American indie scene. And that certainly exists here. 
I mean, there are, I do have some kind of minor reservations, but they are minor. Um, Johnny knows this, but I do have a bugbear about um, sort of bad wigs, bad bald caps. And I think in this film, <laughs> you really all, hate which I is really like the hate smallest, it. least important part of a yeah, movie. I hate You're it like, so much. I was watching their <laughs> wigs all the time. Well, the most ridiculous thing was, I remember when we watched that, like, really surreal weird owl movie and all you could talk about was the wigs oh, it's terrible awful it's just <laughs> really bad i also one of the shows we'll be reviewing next week about the um, la lakers i can't stop looking at their awful wigs but anyway um which is slightly uncom- at contrast with the naturalistic filmmaking because i'm not sure if it was shot on film but it has a grubbiness to it that makes it, me think that it possibly was 16 millimeter well, there are ways now. It's too crisp for sixteen mil. I, I did think maybe it was. Uh, there are ways now that um, digital filmmaking can use kind of old lenses and things to kind of give a slight throwback feel. But it had a slight grubbiness, dirt beneath the fingernails, which I really liked. It's all handheld filmmaking, or so you can really see the flop sweats and everything like that. It has a um, kind of weariness to it, where they're all tired all the time, trying to outpace their mistakes and outpace everything especially as things ramp up and it the blackberry which was super successful at one point becomes not so super successful i do wish that at times they slowed down a little bit in order to you know just a couple of moments maybe to let the characters breathe i wanted to see a bit more interaction between jay and matt uh, johnson before things blew up and then before things fell apart, I wanted to see a little bit more of their, uh, you know, so the idea is that Glenn plays this besuited businessman who talks in business deals and they're the nerds with their glasses and pocket protectors. And you see them have movie nights and stuff and quoting Monty Python and all that kind of nerdy stuff. I I wanted to see just like a little bit more of that um, and let some of the jargon go just a few times, uh, especially as, very famous actors came onto the screen for only two minutes. Like you'd get Carrie Yules or um, oh, I forget his name, but the very bold guy that yells that they bring in to kind of be in the enforcer. He's a very popular character actor. And his name is Michael Ironside. I want, and uh, Martin Donovan, like really great American and Canadian character actors. I, I wanted just a couple of moments. Like why introduce these characters to such great actors only to get them to do, nothing really but these are minor reservations because i really liked the roller coaster edginess of it all so do, do you know something slightly interesting i don't know if you've read this they're going it's going to go on tv has been to be re-edited as a three one hour part tv oh, series really? i know i didn't hear that because something that callum hasn't said is structurally it's kind of based over three time periods it's kind of based with the the kind of the early days and the kind of people going, oh, hang on, this actually could be a thing. And then it's kind of based on, okay, we have the most successful phone in the world, every celebrity wants us, but we've got growing pains. And then it's based on, okay, we've jumped the shark. Um, And they're going to basically build it out. And I wonder if those characters will get a better shake when they do that. That's interesting, because that was really my only reservation. It's a minor one, really. I mean, I enjoyed the ride, but I did feel sometimes they were sketching over and skipping over relationship stuff that i wanted to see a little bit more of on earth so maybe that will do that i actually think they're quite lucky in that there's quite a depth of material in that it, it did go through few, three phases it was a young scrappy upstart and then it was the big biggest smartphone company in the world and then you know uh, as everyone started to want smartphones somebody else came along and was like hmm 
I've got something more modern in my pocket. Um, and I think it, yeah, does a good job of doing those. I really like the acting, um, particularly the the lead three uh, actors. Um, like you say, I like its scrappiness. It's quite interesting. I watched an interview with, um, I think it was with Jay and the director, I've forgotten his name. And Matt Johnson. Um, and they're obviously both Canadian. It was on a Canadian TV channel. And they were, Jay was talking about like how he absolutely despises iPhones because he loves his Blackberries because it's a little Canadian upstart. And, and they, so they, they did care about it. They were like, this was like the local company kind of done good that then got eventually eaten by the might of the uh, American capitalist machine. And I quite like their kind of take on it. And that's kind of what it feels like. They're, they're a young, scrappy upstart. They don't never really have the funding or the money or the people behind them they want because people in a, like, you know, obviously the biggest mobile phone market in the world, or certainly was, it probably is China or something now, but it used to be the US at the time. And they were like, you know, these big US companies not really taking them seriously or trying to undercut them and stuff. Um, and they managed to, against almost all odds, because they didn't really have the money to develop these things, um, build the biggest company, mobile phone company in the world. Um and I think that that is that the movie's a bit of an underdog movie. I think you know it's quite low budget, and it's it's definitely a bit of a um, passion project for all the people involved. And and, and I think you feel that like you, we always talk about this. Callum likes like earnest movies, and I do think this is actually a really <laughs> earnest movie. Like I, I thought it was. I, ne- I didn't get this sense that they were taking the piss out of them or or enjoying their downfall. Certainly. No, um, but they, but as being comedians, they understand the comicness of it and the, the kind of comic tragedy that was there. And there is a comic tragedy. There is a kind of ridiculousness of it. There is a, all the kind of characters involved. I actually saw quite a good interview with the real Balsaki, um, and he was talking about like I, I, I'm quite happy to laugh at myself and laugh at it. It was a, you know, in some ways, a bit of a silly situation, and you know, we, we were just some like guys that started a company in you know, in a tiny little room, basically, and ended up billionaires out of it and then had a bit of a downfall. Um, Like Icarus, they flew too close to the sun, um, some would say. But yeah, no, it is. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think, like you say, there are some characters that feel a bit throwaway, which I think could be fixed by the TV series. Um, And, you know, I think it does at times probably bang its head against its budget a little bit. Um, but other than that, no, I really enjoyed it. Yes, me too. I think it's a very high recommend. Excellent. I think unless you've got any more to no, say. No, I think I think we've summed it up. I think we've we've done the Blackberry in, much like it did itself. Absolutely. And I think that takes us to a commercial break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
And welcome back. Welcome back. And I'd buy that for a Blackberry. Uh, well, they're not worth anything anymore. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Callum, so it is your job to impart the listening public with the basic storyline to the movie The Founder. Go. Yes, so The Founder is the story of Ray Kroc, played by Michael Keaton. Uh, he starts the film, he's trying to sell these uh, milkshake um, kind of uh, makers across uh, all the diners and um, fast food joints in America. And at that point in America, in the mid-50s, it's all about uh, waitresses coming out on roller skates and getting harassed, bringing them to your car, and the order's always getting wrong because, you know, the, these poor waitresses have to deal with kind of all these schmoes um, being very rude to them. And he's trying and he can't sell these these things. And eventually he comes across a um, restaurant that will. And they're, not only will they buy one, they want to buy like eight or something like that. And he goes out to investigate because they're like, this can't be right. There's something wrong here. And he goes to the very first McDonald's run by the McDonald brothers who are, I forget their first names, but it is uh, Dick McDonald and Mac McDonald, played by Nick Offerman. What and about Ronald? Hey! <laughs> um, John Carroll Lynch. And what he discovers there is that the whole thing has been streamlined. So rather than waitresses coming out, you collect your food in a paper bag. Um, there's no uh, um, there's no foods that kind of adds to the menu and just makes things more complicated, like... Uh, uh, steaks and things like that. It's just burgers, fries, milkshakes, and soft drinks. And that's it. And it's a hit. He, and he goes to, to find out more, and he finds out that they've created this whole streamlined routine. And this daily system. Yes. And this guy being the snake oil salesman that he is, he's always got a, a thing in his back pocket. He's always got a deal. He's always got an invention. He, realize, he sees dollar signs in his eyes, and he goes, I can franchise this. And along along the way he thinks i bet i can i can run these guys out of business uh well just the mcdonald's brothers chew them out so that it becomes his and so that he can become the founder of the title so johnny what did you think of the founder i think it does a very good job of telling the story i think it looking at the history of it and things apparently fairly true to life although possibly the relationship between the mcdonald brothers and ray crock actually possibly isn't quite as antagonistic as it comes across in the movie um i really like the central performance for michael keaton i always like it he's at kind of his most <laughs> chewing the scenery michael <laughs> keaton um, so and i quite again? like that <laughs> so i've got an idea franchising <laughs> batman I'm Batman. It's kind of like Michael Keaton. I enjoy Michael Keaton when he's doing that and kind of just being silly and chewing the scenery of it. And um, he does that very well. Um, and other than that, it's just pretty standard um, biopic fare. Uh, it, these are the hardest films to review because there's nothing wrong with this movie. It's perfectly fine. Uh, the production design and costume design, it's set in the mid-50s. It does a good job at that. It's a nice potted history. If you like that sort of um, period of history, period of American history, then you're going to enjoy watching this because, you know, it's very much the time of those cars, those suits. And if you're interested about, if, if Americana is your bag, like if you're the kind of person that really goes wild for 
early Disney or early McDonald's or neon signs and all that kind of stuff, then I think you're going to get a real kick out of this because, and there is a certain type of audience that goes for that. Like you always, if you always walk by um, kind of antique shops, you're always going to see some 1950s diner kind of sign. Especially in Bay. Especially, yeah, Herm Bay. is like Elvis signs uh, and uh, Americana stuff. Um, Tiki bars. Yeah, exactly. So if that kind of thing is your bag, then it's probably one of the best examples of it. And the performances are really good. I really like the McDonald brothers, Nick Offerman and um, John Carroll Lynch. Yeah, always, they're excellent as well. Always good value for money. They're great character actors and they uh, rob off each other very well. It is Michael Keaton's show, though. As you say, he is very much at his gnarliest, as you so adequately did an impression of. It's probably his closest to Beetlejuice he's been in a while. <laughs> but there's nothing really much to say about this. And it's also a very standard product movie, going from a little outfit to being franchised to the little guys, this being the McDonald brothers, getting chewed out of the game. Like It follows the nuts and bolts. It's meat and potatoes. It's tab A, slot B. There's nothing wrong with that. If you like this sort of thing, it's it's perfectly acceptable. I'm actually struggling to find things to compliment. Or actually, just um, something a minor negative did pop into my head. All these biopics do something similar. Is they'll have the first wife character whose existence is uh, she's only there to, to nag to nag and to wag her finger. And they have her played by Laura Dern. What a yeah. waste of Laura Dern. What, she's in it for how, two minutes of screen time, and every time she's like, when are you coming home, honey? Wh- why can't we go on more dates? Why can't you take me out? Is all that kind of stuff. Like, why have Laura Dern do that? What's the point of paying Laura Dern, presumably at least a million or two, or maybe uh, several hundred thousand at least, to, to do nothing? Or... Um, uh, her, his next girlfriend, who is played by, and suddenly I'm forgetting her name too. I'm terrible with my names today. Linda Cardellinelli. Uh, again, really great actress. She's in about the same amount, and she's there to flirt and to. Um, she actually comes up with the idea for the powdered milkshakes. But again, you probably had to spend a good three hundred thousand dollars on Linda Cardellinelli for nothing to do. What's the point? So otherwise, you know, those are mine and Nicholas, but all biopics do that. They all do it so that they can boast that they've got Laura Dern or whoever, and it's pointless. But otherwise, they've wasted Laura Dern and that's it. That's their real only negative negative. Otherwise, it's just fine. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I actually think I think it does a very good job of telling the story. It doesn't feel too long. It doesn't feel wasted. It does have a good set of actors in it who are all doing a pretty good job. So you can't really, in many ways, criticize it, but it doesn't make you go. It's not a social network, or where you know where it's really broken the mold, and you've gone, "Wow, this is," you know, this tells this story in a completely different way. It looks different. It, the style suits the movie and stuff. This is just incredibly well set, dressed, incredibly well put together. It's a decent script. Nothing spectacular script wise, but a decent script. Tells the story very well without too many embellishments, and it's pretty well acted from them from a very talented cast and, and there's not much negative to say about it but yeah uh, yeah nothing really i mean it's, it is hard to come up with things i did enjoy watching the early days of mcdonald's where they had this military 
sort of outfit where they'd have one guy chopping this and one guy cooking meat and one guy that was kind of fun and then turning well it's kind of, it's, they still have a similar version of that if you've ever watched mcdonald's yeah no I, still, I, they have the person doing the fries they have it, the person grilling the burgers they're the, I mean, putting it together and, and and they were the first to do that um and that's well i was gonna say what all fast food restaurants do but as anyone's ever been in a burger king recently they they're not speedy <laughs> or a taco bell yeah exactly <laughs> anyway I think that about brings our reviews to a close, Callum. Wraps it all up. So, Blackberry, what are your thoughts? Um, bad wigs aside, uh, it's, it's really good. It's really fun. Um, it seems to me like this miniseries might kind of fix a few uh, problems that I... Not minor problems that I had with it, but my minor problems, minor reservations are um, that that's, it's a little bit too scrappy for its own good and it sketches over things otherwise nothing really to complain about i think a good solid eight out of ten for me i hate to agree but i'm also thinking eight out of ten i think yeah it's it hits its budget a couple of times the wigs don't bother me um i actually think they they add to the kind of comedy of it um i think but i think it's it it does something a bit different to your standard biopic it's just a bit funnier it's a bit sillier does a good job um and yeah I, i'd be i'm quite intrigued to see what happens with this three-part series i think it could be entertaining yes indeed excellent and the founder what are your thoughts Meat and potatoes right down the line americana i'm tempted to give it a six but i think i, I actually think i enjoyed it slightly less because i've seen it twice now I think I would have, if you asked me the first time I saw it, I would have given it a six. But because the standard biopic stuff was just so standard, I think I'm going to lower it to a five just because that the over-familiarity with biopic tropes just kind of little You bit. love a trope. Yeah, I do. I love my tropes. As much as I hate a wig, I love a trope. Um, but yeah, so but overall, it's not. it doesn't do anything wrong. It's still something to recommend on like a... Sunday afternoon sort of film, as we often say. Uh, but it's it's perfectly adequate, and that's its worst sin, I guess. Fair enough. I actually think I've seen it three or four times now, and I think it is one of those films. It's like I just want an easy film to put in the background. Um, it does also make me want to eat McDonald's when I watch it. Um, <laughs> Wonder why? Bit, bit like Super Size Me was always the same, which I feel yeah. like is the opposite of what Super Size Me is meant to make you want to do. But it did usually make me want to eat McDonald's. Um, I really enjoy Michael Keaton and um, the rest of the cast, really. Um, even down to like BJ Novak's and things, I think it is. There is a really well assembled cast. I do think it visually looks really good, and there's not much to like, I, I personally don't think to pull apart from it, but there's nothing also that sets it massively ahead of it, the competition, really. So I, th- I think for me, it deserves a seven. I think it, it does, okay. it, it scrapes a seven, but um, yeah, I, you know, it's definitely um room for improvement yes was saying it's going to be an oscar winner put it that way no no I, I certainly don't think so either excellent so i think as a roundup that means we both gave blackberry an eight so it's got an eight out of ten so go watch it or maybe wait for the mini series i'm not sure where it's going to be in the uk i feel like it's being done for fx so i might be wrong but i feel like that'd be disney maybe in the uk um and we averaged out a six on the yes. founder, which has just been added to Netflix. So if you haven't seen it and you've got nothing to do this Sunday, why not give it a try? Give it a go. Why not? Excellent. I think that brings this week's podcast to an end. I think so. 
So thanks once again for listening, guys. Um, we'll be back next week with a exciting sports-related episode. Woo! Listen to how favorite much, thing. Yeah, listen to how much I don't know about sports. Yeah. And uh, in the meantime, have a good week. Bye. Later. Stop it. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.